DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde has announced his running mate, Taiwan's de facto ambassador to the U.S., Xiaobi Kim. Lai made the announcement on Monday confirming weeks of speculation that Xiao would join his ticket. The pick was widely applauded by the DPP's legislative candidates who believe Xiao will be a major asset to both the presidential and legislative campaigns. I hereby announce to all my fellow citizens that my running mate in the 2024 presidential election will be our ROC Taiwan ambassador to the U.S., Ambassador Xiaobi Kim. With a wide smile, DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde announced his running mate. His blue jacket and white shirt was perfectly coordinated with Xiao's navy blazer and white top as he proudly announced the official ticket. When I visited Honduras, I asked B. Kim whether she would like to be my vice president if I secure the DPP's presidential nomination. We continued talking since then, and she finally agreed. She asked me to wait until all the APEC-related affairs were over before making the announcement. I didn't think he was being serious, so I didn't give it too much serious thought. But Vice President Lai told me there were very few people with my experience. He said he hoped I'd bring that experience with me to a bigger role. Analysts say Xiao may enhance Lai's appeal to younger voters. They say her diplomatic credentials would be a plus for the DPP ticket. With her experience, enthusiasm, and her ideals about Taiwan, she will definitely play a crucial role this election. I am Xiaobi Kim. I'm back. Supporting Taiwan is my unshirkable duty. I'll give it my all for the sake of our country. Let's go forward together. Having served four terms as a legislator, Xiao brings a wealth of political experience to the election. The DPP's legislative candidates say they're eager for her to join the campaign trail. Xiao excels at anything she does. Whenever the party needs her, she steps up to the plate. She's absolutely a major asset in the upcoming election. She ran for election in Hualien, which is an extremely difficult race. She has a wealth of campaign experience, and that's very rare in a vice presidential candidate. The Lai Xiao ticket is announced at last. After formal registration on Tuesday, Xiao is expected to kick off her campaign in Hualien. Defense Minister Chiu Guozhen declined to give specifics when asked about a recent round of U.S. military shipments. Taiwan has reportedly received 80,000 sets of U.S. military uniforms along with 1,000 machine guns. Cho said the shipments were part of an exchange, but that he said the contents were confidential. In related news, the defense ministry has drafted regulations to tighten security and military bases. If approved by lawmakers, the act would prohibit the public from using drones or video equipment to record base activity. Camouflage uniforms and helmets of the U.S. military, as well as 1,000 M240B machine guns, have reportedly arrived in Taiwan over the past half year. The Ministry of National Defense is believed to have accepted the gear for distribution. We of course have a complete inventory of the equipment received, but I cannot disclose the quantity or the list of items. Our operations remain ongoing. This is one of our many exchange projects, and it's not about arming up. Perhaps the timing is what's made people suspicious. But actually, we have routine military procurements, and we deal with other military issues regularly. This is all part of our normal operations. Chiu declined to give specifics about the recent shipments received. 
In related news, the Defense Ministry has drafted regulations to enforce security at military bases to combat China's gray zone tactics and prevent the accidental leak of classified information. If the rules are passed, the public would need military authorization to use drones at military bases, use equipment to record audio or video, or sketch or document military facilities. Violations will be punishable with up to three years in prison. The draft went up for review at the Legislative Yuan on Monday. Who would be held responsible if foreign-operated or externally-operated drones enter military bases? If the drone is within our range, we may use force to eliminate it. Base commanders will be authorized to give the order. Lawmakers express support for tightening controls. More discussions will be held on the bill's details and implementation to strike a balance between national security and preserving the public's rights. TSMC founder Morris Chang is back from representing Taiwan at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders Summit in San Francisco. President Tsai Ing-wen received and thanked his delegation on Monday. Thank you all for a job well done. I must also thank Dr. Chang for conveying to APEC member economies the four key messages I had outlined prior to the meeting. As we face the challenges of the next stage, our government will continue to do its utmost to adjust the structure and composition of industry in Taiwan, while also leveraging Taiwan's strengths to further spur development in the region. Chang was representing Taiwan at APEC for the seventh time. During this year's summit, he met with numerous leaders including U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris and Japan Prime Minister Kishida Fumio. Chang said he was able to discuss several technology-related issues at the summit, giving him a sense of accomplishment in his life's work. Lower demand for buses during the COVID-19 pandemic caused an exodus of bus drivers from the industry. Now with demand greatly recovered, bus companies are scrambling to get enough buses on the road. Taoyuan has taken the lead in tackling the driver shortage, hoping that by offering an additional 10,000 NT a month to drivers, new drivers will come on board. However, one bus company operator says that passenger complaints may still be a deterrent for some who are considering a career as a bus driver. Passengers wait at a bus terminal. Their patience tested by a shortage of buses on each route. I have to wait about 20 or 30 minutes. I feel that's a bit long. There's so many people, but all we can do is wait. If the bus fills up, you just have to wait for the next one. During peak hours, you have to stop at almost every bus stop to let people on or off, which can be uncomfortable for a passenger. The COVID-19 pandemic impacted public transit demand, which resulted in many bus drivers leaving the industry. Now that the pandemic is over, demand has recovered, further spurred by the introduction of new intercity transit passes. Ridership is now 80% of pre-pandemic numbers, and bus companies are faced with a serious shortage of drivers. Even with all the available drivers on the road, 
Companies have insufficient scheduled buses to meet peak hour demand. 面对乘客的这一段，哦，它的压力啊，可能也会跟其他产业，哈，例如说货运业来讲。Bus drivers face passengers, and so there's a type of stress associated with that, which you don't find in other industries. For example, they have to deal with the stress coming from passenger complaints. The cost of these complaints is that the driver may decide to move on to a different industry. All manner of people use buses, and invariably, some people complain. Bus companies worry that those complaints will deter potential drivers. Taoyuan currently faces a shortage of 259 drivers. Some tour bus drivers have stepped in to fill the gap, and the city also hopes that supplementing driver wages will draw potential new drivers. 之前呢是就有提供那个。Previously, we raised driver wages by 6,000 NT, and on June 1st, we raised them again by an additional 4,000 NT, bringing the total monthly wage hike to 10,000 NT. But bus companies hope that by offering higher salaries and greater benefits, they can attract more drivers and put an end to their labor shortage woes. The Taoyuan City Government has launched a lecture series at the new Taoyuan Main Public Library. The series, titled "Seeing the World from Taoyuan," features foreign representatives speaking about their home countries. Through the lectures, audiences are invited to expand their global horizons by getting a glimpse into the customs and beauty of countries around the world. The Director General of the Spanish Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan accepts a gift from Taoyuan Deputy Mayor Wang Mingju. The box is filled with delicacies from Dashi District. The atmosphere is convivial as the officials and participants pose for photos. The event was part of the lecture series "Seeing the World from Taoyuan." The Spanish representative talked about his home country's economy, culture, and tourism to bring the audience closer to Spain and to expand their international horizons. Apart from from presenting my country,、uh, I、uh, hope that today、uh, I'm going to learn、um, many things about Taoyuan. Taoyuan has one of the most beautiful public libraries in Taiwan. The event was held at Taoyuan's newly completed main public library. The facility is touted as Taiwan's most eco-friendly library, with the highest number of smart technology applications. As everyone knows, Taoyuan is the gateway to the nation. We're also a city that aspires to be international. We're proactively carrying out city diplomacy and engaging in international exchanges. We're very happy to have the representative, Mr. Euba, come and share with us these facts about Spain. Previously in the series, New Zealand Commerce and Industry Office Director Mark Pearson discussed cultural exchanges between his country and Taiwan. In December, the library will host UK representative to Taiwan John Dennis. Through the lecture series, the city aims to showcase its engagement with other nations to underscore its position as the nation's gateway. At National Taiwan University, grad students can now unilaterally cut ties with a sexually abusive advisor. The school has updated its rulebook on academic advising after Taiwan's Me Too movement pushed the conversation on sexual misconduct. Under the revised regulations, grad students are allowed to part ways with their advisor if a gender equity committee agrees that the professor behaved inappropriately towards them. 旧版的条文规范是说，当研究生想跟老师终止关系时，我从来没有机会直接单方面终止。
The previous regulations did not allow students to unilaterally end their advisory relationships. What we hope now is for the newly added Article 6 to empower students who are sexually harassed or assaulted to give them a chance to seek remedies. Through the new Article 6, students can go to their school department and say, I want to end this relationship with a professor who sexually harassed me. Previously, only professors could terminate the student advisor relationship and any ongoing research work would be attributed solely to the professors. The new rules state that in the event of a dispute, the academic department must mediate between student and teacher achieving an agreement on research publication rights within a set period of time. The R&D 100 Awards, known as the Oscars of Innovation, celebrated its winners last week at a San Diego ceremony. The Industrial Technology Research Institute, or ETRI, was honored with eight awards, outshining major research organizations, including the MIT Lincoln Laboratory and Siemens Healthineers. Flick, scroll, swipe. Whether for work or entertainment, mobile devices are now integral to daily life. As prolonged screen time strains the eyes, conditions like glaucoma are on the rise. In response, medical experts have developed a novel targeted therapy for glaucoma. It uses a compound that targets two protein kinases to lower intraocular pressure. We use two innovative targets, one called ROC and the other called MILK4. This form of dual targeting to treat intraocular pressure is very unique. Besides glaucoma, aging populations can also be plagued by retinal degeneration. Experts pioneered eye drops that use molecular level carriers to deliver medication to the posterior eyeball, replacing invasive injections. This new treatment reduces the risk of infection and the need for frequent hospital visits. The breakthrough has won international recognition. I would say that one of the keys that I've seen is many of the products being submitted and winning are not just gradual evolutions, but, but real innovative breakthroughs. So I think that's something the judges pick up on. Only 28 awards were conferred outside of the U.S., and Taiwan won 12 of them. Of these 12, we at ETRI won 8. I think that this is truly an outstanding performance. We are also very happy that all of our winning technologies have already made industry connections. Dubbed the Oscars of Innovation, the R&D 100 Awards conferred 12 awards to Taiwan this year. Supported by the Economics Ministry's Department of Industrial Technology and the Ministry of Digital Affairs, ETRI secured eight of those awards, setting a new record. Its winning technologies include net zero solutions and biomedical innovations. They have already been turned into industry applications, underscoring ETRI's mission to research for the benefit of society. Every year, the Formosa Cancer Foundation puts the spotlight on 10 cancer-fighting patients and publishes a collection of their stories, hoping to inspire more people. The 17th award ceremony was held Sunday afternoon. There was a familiar face among this year's top 10 cancer fighters, the 48-year-old actress Tang Ling, who shared her four-year battle against cancer with participants. Taiwan has been called the Kingdom of Butterflies, with more than 300 species identified in Nantou's Puli Township alone. Nia Thailand moved from Myanmar to Taiwan after getting married, where she has combined the plants loved by butterflies and caterpillars with local Nantou cuisine to create a nine-course set meal.
The Taomi Eco Village in Nanto's Puli Township is an essential stop on the way to Sun Moon Lake. Nia Thailand from Myanmar is head chef at the nearby Paper Dome New Homeland Scenic Park. After the 9-2-1 earthquake, the Taomi community was rebuilt with a focus on ecology. The new Homeland Foundation in 2011 also began work to restore Puli's status as the kingdom of butterflies by regenerating their habitats. Nia Thailan has been in the kitchen since she was a child, but now she's the one in charge. She jokes that she has no idea where her courage came from. I was bold at first. I didn't even know how to control the gas. I turned on the stove and boom, it burnt my eyebrows off. She took courses for her license and learned all about the plants and nectar favored by butterflies. These she combines with local ingredients to create a nine-course meal accentuating the relation between farm and table. Her creation received the most votes in a tourism administration competition of regional specialties. We still won, even though we don't use exotic ingredients. Sometimes I'm pretty impressed with myself. Those are my words. Puli has already become Nia Thailand's second home. She says there are many ways to express love for a place. For her, it's using her cooking skills to give others a taste of home. As 2,451 meters above sea level, Chusan Station is once again the highest railway station in the country. After three years of renovation, Chusan marked its grand reopening on Monday. Train services will resume on Tuesday. Chusan is a stop on the Alishan Forest Railway. The station was rebuilt using steel and domestic timber, including red cypress, Japanese cedar, and Taiwan acacia. Its main hall, platform floor, and ceiling decorations all feature cultural motifs of the Zhou indigenous people. Railway authorities hope Zhusan Station will be more than a stop on a journey, but also become a new landmark of Alishan. A stash of stolen treasures has been voluntarily returned to historic opera hall. Jixuan in Yunlin is perhaps the most important historic opera hall in Taiwan. It was built in the 1850s in Beigang Township, which was a major cultural center at the time. In the 20th century, Ji Yashen fell into despair. 25 years ago, many of its cultural artifacts were stolen, but now they have been given back. Meanwhile, the custodians of the hall have won government funding for a major renovation project. The dilapidated buildings of the hall have been restored to their former glory. And Ji Yashen is leading a renaissance in traditional arts, enabling new students to learn skills that have become vanishingly rare. FTV met Wu Deng Xing, who's in charge of the hall today, to find out about its comeback. This is Ji Ya Xuan. It's been an artistic center in Yunling's Beigang Township for more than a century. Many precious historical objects are kept here, but 25 years ago, a huge stash of items was taken in a robbery, leaving the hall's custodians devastated. But recently, a member of the public contacted the museum and offered to return the stolen items. The objects were in Jiayi City, Ilan, and Tainan. I never thought they'd come back. A collector contacted me. 
At first, I thought it was some kind of scam. I wasn't sure, so I asked them to send me photos, and they sent them, and I said, yep, that's our stuff. One of the items that's been returned is a wooden drum stand carved by the late sculptor and living national treasure Chen Yingbing. This whole set of carvings was stolen. The hall's guardians are grateful that the set was protected, perhaps by spiritual forces, and that the carvings could find their way home. They're also delighted to see the intricate work of these historical objects up close. <laughs> They've come back, but they're seriously damaged, so we're going to ask for help and see if companies are willing to support us. When we restore historical objects, it's not just repairing the object, it's repairing our hearts and our souls. Jia Shen was founded in the 1850s in the Xianfeng reign of the Qing dynasty. It was the first storied opera hall in the local region, but later it fell into disrepair. Three years ago, its association received a Ministry of Culture subsidy to reconstruct the buildings and bring history back to life. These two pillars are 110 years old, so I told the repairman, please keep as much of the existing material as you can. So while they were repairing them, I was always watching and overseeing how they did it. After the renovation, Jia Xuan held a grand opening, and students were immediately lining up to learn traditional arts from the masters. The hall hopes these traditional arts will continue to flourish for many more centuries to come. The existence of this hall is very important for Beigang, and even for the whole of Yuling County and for Taiwan, because Jia Xuan was the first for Taiwan in many respects. Last year, we even staged the performance at the National Center for Traditional Arts. So we need the younger generations to take up the baton and work hard to continue the traditions of Jia Xuan. Jia Xuan is the first opera hall in Taiwan to become a nationally designated historic site. It bears testament to the cultural magnificence of Beigang at its height, and its reconstructed buildings are a marvel. The project is bringing back to life music that has been quiet for over 100 years.